With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. wide receivers for week nine of fantasy football you have Tyreek Hill at the Kansas City Chiefs well really in Germany in Frankfurt and boy I cannot wait to watch that against his former team Jamar Chase against the Buffalo Bills Stefan Diggs at the Cincinnati Bengals AJ Brown against the Dallas Cowboys and in that same game on the opposite end CeeDee Lamb at the Philadelphia Eagles these are Hayden Winks's rankings you can check them out in the description down below and now he tells us why so we spent a lot of time on these like top five players because the matchups, they're all in the best games of the season, basically. Uh, very curious about how the Chiefs, who know Tyreek Hill pretty well, uh, yeah. from my understanding, how they try to defend this type of offense. Um, but my primary note here is just with A.J. Brown, uh, just because this is such a man coverage defense yep. that the Cowboys face, second highest rate in 2023, up at 47%, which is pretty rare to get up to that high, according to next-gen stats. And A.J. Brown has 158 more yards and the second best uh, wide receiver against man coverage. You can just see Jalen Hurts, since he has time, he just locks onto A.J. Brown, waits for him to get open, and throws that. So that was my big takeaway compared to the the ranking show with quarterbacks. This may be a little bit more balanced than I was leading on, and it's just going to be all A.J. Brown. So I moved Devontae Smith down my rankings after kind of diving into this matchup a little bit more. Okay, I'll unleash my notebook a little bit here on some notes. For Tyreek Hill, I think it's fair to, and maybe even more so, compare his season back to what Cooper Cup was doing back in 2021, you know, when he broke all the records and shattered fantasy football. In that season, Cooper Cup was a top four scorer six times, six times in all of 2021, despite it being historic. Uh, Tyreek Hill has now already been a top four scorer in just six weeks of the season. (laughs) He's pretty good, man. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Then Jamar Chase, obviously this Buffalo secondary is going through some reshuffling. They just traded for... Uh, Rasul Douglas, over the past four weeks, they've allowed Jaguars wide receivers to go for 223 yards and a touchdown, Giants wide receivers to go for 152 yards, Patriots wideouts, 138 yards and a score, Tampa Bay wideouts, which is a pretty good pair, just 124 yards and two touchdowns. So the yardage totals might not be huge, but as we will talk about when we get to T. Higgins, so much is funneled into the section of Jamar Chase in this offense that T. Higgins is almost one of those players right now where you have to be super efficient on the limited volume you're getting at this moment. Right now, Jamar Chase is completely breaking the usage model over the last month of the season. Look at him way up here by himself just because they're getting him a couple more slot opportunities, a couple more screens than we've typically seen. And to me, Joe Burrow just looks 
so good right now, fully back. I'm not worried about the calf injury at all at this point. Quickly with Stefan Diggs, um, we talked about the usage of Khalil Shakur during the preseason when he was actually working as an outside wide receiver a lot. And to me, that gives them a bit of the flexibility to use him across the formation. And so then we'll also probably see Stefan Diggs get nice matchups in the slot or out wide and however they want to do it. But we have a bunch of those Bills wide receivers to talk about. And finally, on this Eagles Cowboys matchup, as you said, I have the exact same notes about AJ Brown against man coverage. Um, he has on 79 routes this season against man coverage. He leads the league with 50% of his team's targets and is third with 4.3 yards per route run. I mean, he's caught 23 of those 34 targets against man coverage for 343 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and the opposite end of that, speaking of inside and outside players, CD lamb over the last two weeks has been a bit more of an outside player, uh, 43 and 49% of his snaps. Those are the two highest rates of the season. And actually, despite losing so many interior pieces, and maybe that's where they're weakest on the Eagles, uh, if you're looking at the production, Philadelphia is allowing 10.3 receptions per game to outside wide receivers, which is 31st in the league this year. The teams are passing the ball against this Eagles defense at the third highest rate as well. And they're using CeeDee Lamb when they do put them out wide. It's for a reason to get some some type of look, more in-breaking routes, a couple of go balls down the sideline for CeeDee Lamb on the perimeter. So I like him. We always like fantasize about these players moving into the slot. Right. I'm fantasizing about CeeDee Lamb getting a couple more explosive plays on the perimeter. How about that? Okay, now we go to your wide receiver six on the week, and you had to do it. <laughs> you have to move Devontae Adams all the way up to wide receiver six now with Aiden O'Connell. I mean, these Raiders players seem to be having a blast since yes. Josh McDaniels and company are out of the door. Uh, even Hunter Renfro came out and was like, oh, we don't have to walk on eggshells anymore. And Devontae Adams is draining four pointers, basically, uh, with a mini hoop in the locker room. He was nasty with that one. Yeah, this is somewhat vibes-based. I'm not going to lie, moving Devontae Adams this high, but also there's some underlying metrics here that I caught my eye. Uh, With Aiden O'Connell, he has a 25% target share, rock-solid wide receiver one worthy, but against cover zero and cover one looks this season, he has a 43% target share. And what do the Giants do on defense? They blitz and play man coverage, and not, not only are they bad doing that because they have rookies playing on the outside where Devontae Adams should have a huge matchup advantage. They also are without Leonard Williams this year to create some pressure up the middle. So the underdog pick lobby has him up at 73 and a half receiving yards, which seems like a lot for what he's been dealing with the last couple weeks. But I think what's going to happen is Aiden O'Connell is going to hit his three-step drop and just lock on to Devontae Adams. So I've actually separated Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams just because this is like the type of inexperienced rookie quarterback that's just going to find his number one and spam him. And I think that he's going to be able to move the ball because this giant secondary leaves these poor corners on islands and it's time to bounce back. Did you see we almost got our guy Scott Turner as the offensive coordinator of this? Oh, no, I didn't see that. um, reported that it could be him, but they were close to coming to an agreement or were working on agreement and then just didn't work out there. Um, yeah, with Devontae Adams against this giant team, as you're talking about, just to put some numbers to it, they've allowed at least 90 yards or a touchdown to Garrett Wilson, Terry McLaurin, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Marquise Brown. So Devontae Adams, talent-wise, definitely fits in the bucket of all of those players. Next up is Adam Thielen. Of course it is. Adam Thielen against the Indianapolis Colts. I will – well, I'll let you give your spiel, and then I'll give mine. 
35% targets with a new player play caller, same old, same old for Adam Thielen and the Colts allowing the most plays per game. And they're going to be without, it looks like second round rookie corner, Juju Brent. So I'm just expecting the same old thing. I didn't have like many notes here. My note is a negative. So really? Adam Thielen has been incredible against man coverage this year, but his numbers drop significantly versus zone than man coverage. And obviously the Colts play the lowest rate of man coverage in the league. So just something to monitor. Obviously he is going to be the primary, the first read on so many plays. So I don't think that we're going to obviously have the floor drop out from underneath us, but so much of it has been, Hey, create sliver of separation. Boom. Here's the football to you. And now I, that's not to say that Adam Thielen doesn't have a feel for zone either. It might just be a one race right. through, you know, seven weeks, eight weeks of the season so far. That was going to be my nose. Like, I just feel like Thielen versus Chark and Mingo right. sitting in soft spots. I would still <laughs> lean Thielen. <laughs> totally. Totally. And just something to monitor. We didn't talk about it during the tight ends episode, but Tommy Trimble played way more snaps right. than Hayden Hurst. And so if you're really looking for someone like to potentially <laughs> come on the scene of the tight end room, maybe Tommy Trimble is a name to keep in mind. But it's, it's the Adam Thielen show because he's the only one getting open. Okay. Well, I will say uh, DJ Chark, he's listed as questionable, hasn't practiced much this week. If he is removed from the offense, maybe we can get Jonathan Mingo. Well, we're going to talk about Mingo. He's on this list here. Uh, Keenan Allen is up next for you. Uh, this is at the New York Jets. Um, from a true production standpoint, Hayden, Keenan Allen's numbers are, I'll call them well worse without mm -hmm. Big Mike on the field. They have been well worse, but that also, it's like hard to like detangle the finger injury, just some bad games from Justin Herbert. We're still waiting on Josh Palmer and Gerald Everett injuries. Uh, Josh Palmer did not practice on Thursday. Keenan Allen obviously going to see maybe a little bit of Sauce Gardner, uh, but he moves around the formation so much that I'm not necessarily worried about that. I am more worried about the Jets' slow-paced offense and how that's led to New York ranking number one against fantasy wide receivers. So the production has been down for Keenan, but he's still the wide receiver nine in usage. And what's the easy button in this offense? Right. It's throwing the ball to Keenan Allen. Our buddy Retrieve Bar pointed out that the Dallas Cowboys deployed CeeDee Lamb in a way that he never faced off against Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Uh, and then he caught six passes for 67 yards in the slot and four catches for 61 yards out wide on the left-hand side because we know these Jets wide receivers typically do not, or excuse me, corners typically do not travel. I mean, obviously, Kellen Moore is going to watch exactly how CeeDee Lamb, because he's been utilizing Keen Allen in There's almost more. the exact same ways that he utilized CeeDee Lamb last year in Dallas. Quinton Johnson, you're on Sauce Gardner Island. I wish you the best. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Good luck to you. Uh, I will say wide receivers have accounted for just 36.6% of fancy points allowed by the Jets, which yeah. is the lowest rate in the league. Next, Jalen Waddle enters the top 10 here. Back-to-back 100-yard -back weeks, and he is your wide receiver nine. He's up to wide receiver 11 in usage. I don't think that's a coincidence with the ground game reg uh, regressing, not being yeah. utilized as often, taking away those you know 70-yard uh, carries that end drives immediately. What I've seen with Jalen Waddle the last month of the season, he's caught six screen passes, which is a good sign that they're trying to get him going. And obviously, we know how capable he is. So very tough matchup just because we have a lot of respect for Kansas City, but at the same time, very high team total. If this thing does get into a shootout or if Mahomes is really putting it on the Miami defense, I think Jalen Wall is really going to get going. And I think whenever you see Jalen Waddle with this type of usage, right. you have to respect that he could be a model breaker. So I'm sticking with it. 
Yeah, the f- opening three games were not kind to the people who drafted Jalen Waddle from a target share standpoint. In the last four, he's been targeted on 32.5% of his routes, which is fourth across the entire NFL. Yeah. Only behind Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, and Amon Ra St. Brown. We close the top 10 with none other than your guy, Chris Olave. What a week. What a week, Hayden. Talk to me. This is against the Chicago Bears. And in a way, it's been along the same lines of Devontae Adams, where Chris Olave is getting open down the field, even had one hit his helmet last week, and then immediately overthrown for a touchdown after that. In that, it just is not hitting hot. It's the opposite. It's ice cold right now. It's completely ice cold. This is just deep target catch rate. And Chris Olave is second in the league with 15 plus air yard targets, but he's not catching them anywhere near the league average rate. He's actually one of the least efficient players per game, according to the fantasy usage model. But that to me just makes him such an obvious buy low. So this is a good time to hopefully get some of these deep targets working back in Chris Olave's favor he's actually the wide receiver 10 in usage this month there's just been empty target empty target after empty target at home against the bears who are 31st in passing epa allowed yeah. who are also injured in the secondary the saints team total is 24 and a half which is the highest it's been all year there's not a more obvious positive regression candidate so as a alave realist it's time yes. to buy low i'm with you and it's one of those where He's too dang talented to like continuing to just bottom out. I think right. the rest of the season, I mean, he's only hit 60 receiving yards in one of his last five games, which is mm-hmm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And then just 6% of his fancy points have come via touchdowns. Yeah. That's the lowest rate of any wide receiver who is in the top 40 at the position. Right. It's just so strange to see the saints up here, like right on overlapping the Eagles in the elite yep. category of this metric. So it's, yeah, it's time to, time to get it going. And it's time to get in the pick and lobby and, expose those projections because this is one of those matchups where it's gone so low so low that then the computers the permutation suggests it's going to stay low but no ykb it's time for chris olave and by the way if you click the link in the description down below i will match your first deposit now up to five hundred dollars so no excuses no hundred dollars okay terry mclaurin let's go speaking of roller coaster seasons is your wide receiver 11 to open tier two this is at the new england patriots hayden over the last five games he's averaging 9.4 targets per game that's great great stuff what we've seen from the commanders is they are third in neutral pass rate and they are also now number three in wide receiver usage this month so the usage has been promising and i'm assuming curtis samuel is going to miss this game he has not practiced, and there was a fantastic note here, and this is why I also have a really optimistic ranking with Jahan Dotson in a second. The amount of snaps we're seeing where uh, the there's just two wide receivers out in the route, they're protecting more, has gone significantly higher the last couple weeks here, and that funnels targets because you're not competing with actual players. It's just going to Terry McLaurin and to Jahan Dotson out there so this is just the rate where you're actually having only two wide receivers out and you can see that that number has spiked recently so i think terry mclaurin's in a beautiful spot new england doesn't scare me as much as they once would just because they're so injured on defense um so for example like they're only 27th in passing epa allowed so i think it's a great spot for both terry mclaurin and Jahan dotson michael Pittman, he's your wide receiver 12 this is at the Carolina Panthers, uh, we've talked about on every single show this week, 
that the Colts run a bunch of plays. That means their opponents have run the most plays in the NFL this season. Uh, the Panthers are a sieve when it comes to giving up rushing scores and rushing production, but that does not mean that their pass defense is quality or good. So to me, it could instantly turn at any moment and become a good passing game on top of it too. Completely agree. In the four Minshew starts, Pittman's wide receiver 14 in usage, and he's been quite efficient with Minshew as well. And those games, those four starts, have been against some of the best defenses in the league. Like Not exaggerating, like four of the top six defenses. Carolina, like you said, they are run funnel on paper, but I think that can flip at any point, especially with Jeremy Chin, Yuturgaris Matos, the edge rusher, um, not being part of the formula anymore. Nico Collins, even after the last couple of weeks, is up as your wide receiver 13. I'm a little bit nervous about this. Not from Nico as a player, because even last week on like one of his only receptions, he had an awesome toe drag along the sideline. I think he's still incredibly talented. But since that seven for 168 and two touchdown game against the Steelers in week four, he's gone three for 39, four for 80, which is good, and four for 30. Mm -hmm. And that almost coincides, Hayden, with this Texans team being among the lowest in terms of pass rate over expectation in the league. Well, I think that issue is going to get corrected because, number one, Damien Pierce is not going to play. So are they going to bang between the the tackles with Devin Singletary? I'd like to see them. Actually, I would not like to see that. But more importantly, the Bucks defense is still more or less a pass funnel teams yep. against them. Top five in neutral pass rate. So hopefully the Texans go along for the ride. And that's actually led the Tampa Bay defense to be 24th against fantasy wide receivers. So I'm hoping that we can finally see this Texans offense say enough already with the carries they're not going anywhere and i like cg Stroud nico's chance nico's chances to win over the middle of the field so a bold case but if, if you zoom out for the entire season it's not if you zoom in for the last couple weeks it is bold i like to expand that sample size garrett wilson your wide receiver 14 this is against the los angeles chargers um, this has also turned into a really good and successful, at least from an opportunity standpoint, campaign for Garrett Wilson after having five or fewer receptions in the opening three games. He now has seven or more catches in three of the past four games. And that is including some wayward targets. But it's because if you look at first read targets, and this is what we talked about as soon as Zach Wilson took over, that, hey, hopefully he learned and sat back from Aaron Rodgers this year and at least said, um, okay, we know our, our guy is going to be covered. It's going to be tight coverage, but just throw it to him. Don't turtle up. Just throw it to him. And to Zach Wilson's credit, if you want to give it to him, he's at least doing that. Completely agree. He's up to the wide receiver seven in usage. Like you said, it will not translate to that type of production because of Zach Wilson. But almost as bad as Zach Wilson is this Chargers cornerback room without JC Jackson. It's been a total mess. They're the number 30 fantasy wide receiver defense. The underdog pick'em lobby has a very healthy projection at 64 and a half receiving yards. So that gets you into this range, even if we don't expect the Jets to score too many points here, also playing at home. So I'm with you. We Zach Wilson's still quite bad, but at least he has two easy buttons. Yeah. And I'm hoping they just keep spamming those and see what happens. So this is when it gets difficult. You have to firmly press the reset button for this week, and hopefully that's it when it comes to Cooper Cup and this Rams offense. Um, after, I'll be honest, immediately crowning him as like, oh, maybe he finishes the wide receiver one this year from when he right. returns and goes back. Uh, he has caught two for 29 and four for 24 over the last two weeks. Um, and now Brett Rippon is his quarterback. 
So I spent a lot of time watching Brett Rippon and Jaron Hall tape from because, uh, we have BYU for Jaron Hall and then Boise State. So um, what I've noticed with Brett Rippon is he doesn't have like the athleticism, size, arm talent, but I think he looks functional and they can kind of do a little bit of everything. From a family of coaches, I believe. Right. And that's what it feels like. And that's not a surprise that Sean McVay has liked him. Uh, he has 111 dropbacks as a starter over his career. Some of them were with that 2022 Bronco squad. Not the best squad, if I remember correctly. He still has a 43% success rate. That's okay. 6.4 yards per attempt. That's okay to me. And the Packers secondary just traded Razul Douglas. Uh, that's a corner. They just placed two other corners on injured reserve. Jair Alexander hasn't been himself dealing with a back injury. So I think this Packers defense somehow, even with Rashawn Gary is awful in every capacity. And if Brett Rippon has one thing that he has to learn to do, it's just get the ball out on time and throw it to Cooper cup. So I'm trusting Cooper cup. Like I did with Devontae Adams. Yeah. Being the first read with an inexperienced quarterback, but for all the lack of arm talent size and prototypical traits that you're looking for, I think that Brett Rippon does enough of the easy stuff for Sean McVay. And, you know, McVay's had a little bit of history in the last couple of years of having to pivot over to like Wolfer, uh, <laughs> John Wolfer. And then, you know, they brought in Baker and they had to play him like one day later. So at least he has, again, some experience of having to pivot in short weeks and try to get an offense going. And those offenses, and correct me if I'm wrong, did not like completely fall out, you know. And right. so hopefully, like you're saying, if you can funnel it to, hey, throw the Cooper Cup guy, then then we get there from that. and as you have said, despite the talent and me getting optimistic about this Packers defense, it is still a defensive coordinator who is probably misusing and trying to do the same stuff all over again. I mean, they are allowing 9.2 yards per target and a league high 9.1 touchdown rate to interior wide receivers. So let's get Cooper cup going. That's wild. Yeah. Ultimately Brett Ripien is a backup quarterback, but there are way worse backup quarterbacks in my opinion. Okay. Uh, Before we go anywhere, we are on the road to 100,000 subscribers. Guess what? The only way that happens is that the people who watch these videos then hit the subscribe button. That's how this platform works. Leave a thumbs up while you are there. And I will add, because I forgot it earlier, we eliminate all wide receivers that played on Thursday Night Football, just like George Pickens is eliminated from Fantasy Football Conversation this week. That includes Deontay Johnson. That includes everyone else that played on Thursday night. Did you see my Deontay Johnson ranking? Uh, you had him over 12. George Pickens. Yes. And consensus had him at wide receiver 24. Get out of here. Don't worry about George Pickens, though. I'm, I'm with you. I, I would rather not have to worry about George Pickens on a weekly basis. <laughs> okay. Now it's DK Metcalf. Episode of Scheme on the channel right now. The coordinator battle between Shane Waldron and Mike McDonald is going to be a fun one. And DK Metcalf, over the last two weeks, maybe reception-wise, it hasn't gotten there, but 20 four targets he's up to the wide receiver two overall in wow. usage this month like you said he's a such a positive regression candidate some of those were against some tough defenses kind of just prayers down the sideline the ravens are a very good defense we are having a coordinator off like you mentioned go watch the shane waldron scheme episode they're doing little intricate ways to scheme up some of these players and i do think that geno smith could get hot here um so People just don't realize the usage DK Metcalf has had. So this might be a little bit shocking of a ranking versus where his production has been. 
but it's been a while since we've had a complete DK Metcalf blow up game. Yeah. I'm not expecting that because I the Baltimore defense is very good, but I do want to kind of play the first read targets, the downfield targets, the end zone targets that Metcalf actually does get. And JSN is extremely still a third wheel in all of this. I know he got the touchdown last week, but this passing offense is built through DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And Lockett's he's playing through this hamstring injury. It's probably just being very cautious with him, but he still has been like DNP and limited in practices. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are your wide receiver 17 and 18. They are at the Houston Texans. Mike Evans has gone over 60 yards now just once since week two. But guess what? He also has uh, five touchdowns this season, which helps a lot. It does help. That was my exact note. I have uh, expected touchdowns based off of their usage, how close you are to the end zone, sideline, all that type of stuff. Mike Evans is third over expected. Chris Godwin is dead last out of 185 wide receivers. So I've actually moved them back to back in my rankings because their usage is almost identical uh, right now. But Mike Evans has been spanking them in fantasy points because touchdown variance, obviously Mike Evans earned the credit to be a overexpected touchdown guy, but it was good to see Chris Godwin win inside in the uh, inside. I think I believe it was like the inside the five yard line for his touchdown last week. Um, and their pick them projections, 56 and a half receiving yards for Godwin, 52 and a half for Mike Evans. So putting them back together, I think is the proper way. We have a late addition here. Amari Cooper is now your wide receiver 19. Just before going live, we got word uh, from Mary Kay Cabot and company that Deshaun Watson is starting. So this is up from like, I don't know, wide receiver 27 up to roughly wide receiver 19. Hayden will be updating these rankings throughout. So this might not be the final one, but we've talked about it. I mean, Amari Cooper this year, he's 15th in target share. He is the only player in the NFL with 100 plus air yards in every single game, yet is 59th in catchable ball rate. I'm not saying Deshaun Watson has been accurate, but that should be better than P.J. Walker. Should. Right. If I knew this was like 100% Deshaun, he's not going to play six snaps and get sidelined, then I would move Amari Cooper even higher. And I still might end up doing that because Arizona's defense, 20th passing EP allowed. They're 21st against fantasy wide receivers. The team total for the Browns is up to like 23 points, which is way higher than it has been with P.J. Walker, obviously. And they're somehow running a ton of plays on top of that. So... I'm with you. I might need to move Amari Cooper even up ahead of this, but that's why we have the Sunday morning show that will have zero viewers because we're competing with Tyree Kill, Patrick Mahomes, and Mike McDaniel. We'll probably do that one around noon, 12.15 on Sunday morning. Just do like a sprint of 45 minutes rather than a marathon two-hour show like we typically do. So be on the lookout for that. Okay, we'll close this tier with uh, T. Higgins. We talked about a little bit with Jamar Chase. Anything specifically you want to say about T. Higgins here? In his four healthiest games of the season, which dates back going to September, he's had 11.2 expected half PPR points. That would equate to wide receiver 20 usage. So I'm kind of sticking right there with that. I think that the Bills starting corners are injured. Not very good. They're adding Razul Douglas to the mix. He's probably going to start uh, just coming on to the team this week. So I'm kind of buying the dip here, but it just kind of depends on your definition of that because obviously a lot of people were spending second round picks on T Higgins blew my mind. I don't think we're going to get back to that, but I do think T Higgins is still capable of winning some one-on-one balls on the sideline. And Joe Burrow right now has this team with the second highest team total of the week. And I think it's justified because we saw T uh, we saw Joe Burrow scrambling around. I think all that stuff will end up helping T Higgins 
find the end zone a little bit more often. Yeah, I mentioned it before, but since it's almost a funnel in the direction of Jamar Chase, again, T. Higgins has to live off smaller production. And that's kind of how he was forced to do it at the end of last season, is right. it not? Like when you look at, I don't know, week 13 and on, and that was against the Kansas City Chiefs, five targets, three receptions, 35 yards, and a score, which is great. Then against Tampa, eight targets, five receptions, 33 yards, and a score. You know, he had four touchdowns in the final five games that he played. And then the playoffs, it was just 37, 28, and 83 yards. So he is the clear cut wide receiver too. This is not a 1A and right. 1B and all that type of stuff. And especially now how they're still playing, it's even more from the direction of Jamar Chase because they're moving him all over the place now. Definitely agree. T Higgins though is such an obvious deep target regression candidate. Like the wide receivers next to him and how many targets he's gone downfield and like his catch rate on them. Kendrick Bourne, Traylon Burks, Michael Gallup, Jonathan Mingo, Robert Woods, Marquise Goodwin. Like he's obviously so much better than all yeah. of those guys. So we know that that number is going to be kind to T Higgins moving forward. But I'm still calling him a like low end wide receiver two, not a round one, two, three turn type of player. Right. Um, and I believe Joe Burrow had his highest number of 10 plus yard targets last week too. Okay. You Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals underdog. Tier three opens with consensus rankings wide receiver 29. He is your wide receiver 21, and I'm fully in Hayden Winks's camp here. It is Gabriel Davis. This drives me crazy that the public still will not put some respect on Gabe Davis's name. What was so crazy about last week is he was the beneficiary of, I would say, at least three or four targets coming off of RPOs or just quick game. And I think the reason why they were running so much RPOs is because they don't trust Dalton Kincaid to block. So a, one way to do that is to make Josh Allen pick the best battle. And Gabe Davis was getting cheap targets, which led to a season high 15.7 expected half PPR points. That is because he's getting cheap targets for the first time in his career. If that holds up, which I do think we have a good chance of that yeah. happening because the Bengals will probably run a lot of cover two stuff and make them throw the ball underneath. We can see instead of four or five targets a game, get Gabe Davis like seven, eight targets in the game, maybe even higher than that. And all of a sudden this boom bust category that Gabe Davis belongs in typically is no longer there. So if that trend continues, I think that Gabe Davis could be one of the best by lows down the stretch. And I think that this bill's offense that we saw last week is here to stay. It makes the most sense after watching that a second time. I'm with you. 
Uh, I mean, he had a 6.7 ADOT in this past game. Previous to that, it was 15.1. And he was still doing great work. Like, despite that 15.1 ADOT, he had finishes of wide receiver 15, wide receiver 16, wide receiver 17, mixed with some poor weeks. But what we just got last week was a wide receiver 10 overall performance. And sure, that's the Bucks defense. Now we get Cincinnati's defense. But still, I don't expect them to change now that they are forced to be in 11 personnel with Don Kincaid at tight end. And just because he's getting more short targets does not mean that the deep targets are going to go away. Like he, This is just in addition to getting some deep targets. The short stuff's coming. DJ Moore is your wide receiver 22. This is at the New Orleans Saints with Tyson Bagent at quarterback. Five for 51, eight for 54, and four for 55 over the past three weeks. Translates to wide receiver 41 in usage. Now, some of those games have been completely bonkers. We saw like the Deonta Foreman game, for example. This week, obviously a tough matchup. Marshawn Lattimore uh, in New Orleans. Don't trust Bajent. So, uh, Pick'em Lobby has a healthy projection, 60 and a half receiving yards. Even though DJ Moore scored a lot of touchdowns this year, I do think that's going to come down to earth. And the Bears team total is among the lowest of the week. So, Sounds like we're like a one week away from Justin Fields returning. So having tempered expectations, I think is the best way to approach this. Jacoby Myers is your next wide receiver. On, oh, excuse me. It's not. I only looked at the top of his head. And it's it does a, have like a little. Yeah, that does have a little dreads. I mean, look, there's Josh Downs. There's Jacoby Myers. There he is. See, I mean, look, if we just looked at the top, you know, they go the same I'm with up. you. I'm with you. Barber. <laughs> um, okay. Let's talk about Zay Flowers then. Against the Seattle Seahawks. What's this is a, such a difficult one for me, Hayden, because I think Zay Flowers might be the one of the most unpredictable wide receivers in the league in terms of how he's being used and how he's being deployed. Because maybe I am focusing on like the one to two weeks where we actually got like legit wide receiver stuff out of him, but the other vast majority of the time. It's been, just like we saw last week, 3.4 air yards per target, which is his lowest rate in a game since week three. So in my brain, I can say, oh, maybe this is the week that they use him as a legit wide receiver. But assuredly, it's it's not going to be. I think he's one of the like most misunderstood wide receivers on top of it. Like It seems like everyone thinks like he's like a bona fide wide receiver too. He really hasn't been. Like For example, this month, he's a wide receiver 38 on wide receiver 22 usage. So I'm kind of splitting that gap here. As a reminder, the Seahawks, when Devin Witherspoon, their first-round corner, has been on the field, 5.3 yards per drop back. That's at 4.8 yards per drop back when Jamal Adams is on the field as well so this is not a cupcake matchup for zay flowers who i think is very much the wide receiver we kind of thought he was going to be where like maybe he hits his stride and becomes a full-time player in every capacity but to me he's still kind of limited learning on the fly uh to win in breaking routes intermediate type of routes and they scheme him up sometimes but sometimes the ground game gets so going that they don't have to do that as well so I'm with you. Very hard player to really pin down. So I'm just going to split the production and the usage. It'll be fun if we get some, you know, Devin Weatherspoon against him. And then obviously Tariq Woolen, maybe we get some slant routes for quick receptions and yards off the catch. And he can beat Tariq in that way. Okay. Jahan Dotson 
is up next. Your highest ranking of Jahan Dotson probably since week one. Yeah. <laughs> this is at the New England Patriots. You kind of outlined it a little bit. We talked about Terry McLaurin as your wide receiver 11, and now Curtis Samuel is out for this game too. Up to 12.4 expected half fever points last week with Curtis Samuel playing only 20% of the snaps. I think that just because they're going to utilize only two wide receivers out on the route a little bit more, it's really going to be helpful for Jahan Dotson, who we know is a good football player. And I think eventually we will see that. So this is a good week. Uh, if you like, for example, I've picked him up in a league and I'm starting him, not thinking twice about it. Sam Howell with one of the worst defenses going into the week as well will only help Jahan Dotson for as long as Curtis Samuel's out. And Curtis Samuel's been dealing with a foot and toe injury for a couple of weeks. So we'll see. He didn't practice at all this week. If this does turn into a multi-week uh, injury, I will be trying to ride the touchdown wave that we caught last year with Jahan Dotson. We haven't seen it this this year, but I think good things are coming. Okay, let's keep it moving. It was going to be Drake London here. Drake London has since been ruled out for his contest. So we move on to Puka Nakua. Um, this goes back to the game that we were previously discussing with Cooper Cup. But the volume that we typically loved about Puka Nakua uh, will probably get even lower now that obviously Brett Rippon's a quarterback. And he's been dealing with a knee issue. He has been limited in practice. He's been on the injury report for a couple of weeks now. His usage is down about four expected fancy points with Cooper Cup back. And I think Brett Ripien is fine, but I do think that backup quarterbacks tend to throw to their either their tight end, to their running back, or to their number one wide receiver. So maybe Puka takes a little bit more of a hit than Cooper Cup. But admittedly, like nobody should have like a strong conviction Tate take on this duo work in the wild wild west so i'm putting him into the like the boom bust category now along the same lines jordan addison is now your wide receiver 26 somewhere um, there. somewhere around there and now kevin o'connell gets to try to scheme him up uh it worked great with kirk cousins and it'll probably work less great with jaron hall so with Jaron Hall watched all of his preseason reps and Look some of his stuff at BYU, lots of bootleg, like an unbelievable amount of bootleg options. He can throw on the move a little bit. To me, his arm strength is like border borderline, like not NFL worthy at the same time. Everyone loves this kid. I think Kevin O'Connell is going to be able to scheme up Jordan Addison. My fear is that all those long passes that we were getting with Jordan Addison to a very high degree, that's going to be where he's going to get chopped off the most. At the same time, Jordan Addison's also a very good easy button in the screen game. We saw that USC a ton as well. And Jordan Addison was a legit wide receiver one this month. So Jaron Hall does worry me, but at the same time, I have faith in Kevin O'Connell making Jordan Addison the primary player in his offense this week. Okay, the next three wide receivers are the wide receiver twos on their own team. That is Michael Thomas, Devontae Smith, all the way down as like your wide receiver 28, and Josh Downs. Talk me through it. So Michael Thomas just like copy-paste five yeah. receptions, 55 yards, and a positive touchdown regression candidate on top of that with a booming Saints team total. So I moved him up a little bit higher than I typically have. Devontae Smith, it goes back to it. If the Eagles do want to run the ball against very small linebackers, and if they do get man coverage and all those targets are going to A.J. Brown, you're really threading a needle. Devontae Smith had a big game last week, but it was on a coverage bust, not necessarily like 
some scheme or some massive play that Demonte Smith created kind of just walked into the end zone. He's been the wide receiver 42 in usage this month. So I hate this for us, but this is a reality. And it's been the reality of the worst picks in fantasy have been the round two, three wide receivers. They've mm-hmm. been awful. All of them have been awful. And he kind of headlines that. Yep. So far, they've been awful. I agree with you. Josh Downs, only 30% of all wide receiver receptions against the Panthers have come from the slot. Uh, we know where, that's where Josh Downs is living. Uh, we have talked about it every single week, despite the people thinking that we have not, that Josh Downs is not your normal wide receiver. He is not. And uh, so hopefully he can, you know, escape that that thread that the opposition has going. Because I, I think he is. I mean, I think he can. This Colts offense is built through the running game, Michael Pittman, and Josh Downs. And that is it. In the four starts with Minshew, he's averaged 11 expected fantasy points. That would make him the wide receiver 20 in usage. He is a real player. Rasheed Rice closes this tier as your wide receiver 30. I like this one a lot. It's kind of crazy, but very Chiefs of us to talk about Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. They're both top 10 options. And the team that's playing them, uh, their first wide receiver is listed here as wide receiver 30. It's crazy. I don't feel good about this one, but because he's only ran 58% of the routes last week, um, at some point you would like to think that that grows. I think that's wishful thinking. Don't love that Rice will see some Jalen Ramsey most likely out wide, but the Chiefs do a good job of letting their players win on the inside and the outside. Over the last month of the season, when we've seen the best of Rasheed Rice, wide receiver 32 on wide receiver 49 usage, so I'm just hoping that they get him more involved when yeah. they desperately need him coming off their worst game against a very formidable Dolphins offense. You would like to think that they rug pull Sky more and those type of guys and get their best wide receiver by a wide margin on the field. Let's make it happen, Andy. And intrigued to see where Jalen Ramsey lines up. We discussed that maybe that's against Travis Kelsey in the slot. Could also be against Rasheed Rice when he lines up in the slot too. Um, or they I don't might just like they would, sit him on the outside. Maybe they do. Maybe they just yeah. sit him onto one side and, and that's it. Okay, next two names in Tier 4, it is Tyler Lockett and Joshua Palmer. Obviously, Palmer is dealing with an injury, as you outlined, and we talked about Lockett earlier. That brings us to your wide receiver 33, and that is Demario Pop Douglas, a man who has seen a bunch of volume over the last two weeks. Douglas is just going to be the Patriots easy button. I think they're going to get Ramondre Stevenson some extra targets, and I don't trust Juju on that neat and Devontae Parker is still out. So he's right now competing with targets for like Gesicki and Jalen Rager. He's, he's basically like the Patriots version of Wandale. Right, right. Um, so this is just to him catching yep. some passes here. And I, I will say the Patriots team total is above average this week. So we have to figure out, uh, like, let me pull this up real quick. Here are the Patriots at 22 projected points. That's above average this week. Who's scoring these touchdowns? Because we don't have high rankings on anybody. So is it Ramondre I'm underranking? Is it Hunter Henry? Is it Pop Douglas? Are we getting long passes to Jalen Rager? Somebody's scoring here. I don't know who it is, but somebody's scoring the football in New England. So I'm hoping it's Pop and Ramondre. Yeah. It'll be. Taekwon might even be active in this game. Maybe. Jacoby Myers is up next. Um, yeah, I mean, with Aiden O'Connor, we talked about he threw 11 times to uh, Josh Jacobs when he played, and we discussed things falling in the direction of Devontae Adams. Uh, this is probably the lowest ranking you've had for Jacoby Myers in a few weeks. 
it has been 14% target share with Aiden O'Connell. And that's about where he was against cover zero and cover one because Devontae Adams has been just locked in with that. So we've probably seen the best of Jacoby Myers. Great season, good signing for them, but the only good signing they've had in, in multiple years. Christian Watson is your wide receiver 35. Uh, since their bye week in week five, he has just one fewer target than Romeo Dobbs. He is their best wide receiver. He's not a true number one in the possession receiver type of mold. So it's going to be very boom bust for him. The we, we probably have seen the very worst of the Packers offense because it has been that bad. So hopefully he catches the right side of variance. Can only get it's better. Just, yes, but it, it will not be 2022. Marquise Brown, Hollywood, coming in as, I think, your wide receiver 36. I mean, no player changes more on this list in terms of who their quarterback is, I feel like, this weekend. Obviously, the foregone conclusion is that this is going to be Clayton Toon for one game, and then we get Kyler Murray. But if for one some shocking reason Kyler Murray does pop up here, then Marquise Brown might be a top 20 wide receiver to you. I, I think that would be fair. Um, he's been the wide receiver 13 in usage, but only the wide receiver 37 in production. He's been taking L's in the regression models. And on top of that, he gets Clayton Toon, who I have not actually gotten to watch yet this week, and faces Denzel Ward. Yep. So it's it's as bad of an environmental spot you can get for Marquise. Okay, let's talk about some slot wide receivers. Tyler Boyd is up next, and then Khalil Shakur. Uh, anything else you want to say about Khalil Shakur here? Because... He's a new name on this list that we have not talked about attached to an offense that we like a lot of pieces of. I don't want to get too carried away because last week was a season high and it still was only 6.8 expected half PPR points. But if you do want to go PPR scamming, I do think that Shakir has a chance, especially if the Bengals jump out to a big lead early. He's just a near full-time player without Dawson Knox. And we talked about how we liked that kind of change for the Bills. So he is like, a beneficiary of that. I just don't want to oversell him. He is what he is, sits in zones, kind of blocks. Does yeah. He's a fine enough player. This year closes with uh, Brandon Cooks and Tank Dell. I've been a little frustrated by Tank Dell's usage over the last couple weeks since he returned from injury because it's obvious that they know that he is a good player and an exciting player because they have been manufacturing touches for him behind the line of scrimmage. But then it's like they're not giving him easy-ish receptions down the field. But the same thing can be said about Nico Collins too, you know? I, I think Tank Dell is somewhat similar to Zay Flowers. So that's kind of how I'm treating them. It's gonna He'll have some big weeks where he can win downfield. He gets some schemed up stuff and he has the athleticism to make it work. Everything else is more of a work in progress. And that's why I have Nico Collins, who is like to me is like a true number one looking wide receiver. Tank Dell is just not that yet. Yeah, and somehow Brandon Cooks has turned into uh, end-of-career Larry Fitzgerald with his body type, too. Well, he did have that double move down the sideline for a touchdown, showed a little bit more burst with that, so giving him the beneficiary. Uh, but the Eagles' defense against wide receivers has been yeah. awful. I think it's second worst in the league, so I moved yeah. him up because of that. Okay, let's just throw some names up here. Jonathan Mingo makes his debut on here as wide receiver 41. A big part of that, like you said, is DJ Chark uh, dealing with injuries this week. Uh, and then also this is going to be heavy zone coverage. So maybe we get some Mingo on some RPOs and things like that. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, Rashid Shahid, KJ Osborne, Darius Slayton, Jackson Smith and Jegba. And we'll close it out with Quentin Johnson. 
I hope you're not starting these guys. That's that's what I say. I think these guys have a chance because they're out there. We've seen some big plays out of this group, but we've also just seen a couple rookies in here hoping to hit a little post-buy rookie bump, but these guys are not first-read targets by any means, so you are in the tough category. Any of these guys stand out to you? Anybody? No, I mean, Mingo needs to show a, a lot, I think, for the rest of the season in yeah. order to lock in a starting wide receiver gig next year. I know he was the first pick, and it's super early in his career, and obviously he's coming from Ole Miss's offense, which you know does not go one-to-one to the NFL. But I thought last week he had his best route of the season on like that inside lean, even look inside, then boom, go the outside. And so maybe we can show just a bit more on top of that. And then, yeah, I mean, Rashid he's playing like 25% of the snaps, if that. And uh, if he was playing 80% of the snaps, um, he doesn't belong in this grouping. Yeah, he's he's a monster. Yes, he is. Okay, that does it. Quinn Johnson, tough matchup, but uh, show it, especially if Josh Palmer's out. Show it. They gave him one yards after catch opportunity last week, and he did well on it. Yeah, I agree. I saw a couple couple schemed up stuff underneath for him, which is nice, but we'll see. Okay, that does it for us. We'll be back here Sunday morning. Your questions, your start sets, and we'll give you our best possible guesses and suggestions of what you should do. Go and check out our running back tiers, our quarterback and tight end tiers. Oh, we do need to give away a hat. I totally forgot it. If you've made it this far, you are going to be a lucky person. Hayden, I think since we did Gus Edwards on running backs, we should do Gabe Davis here. Let's do, yeah. Gabe Davis, half PPR points. I'm going with 14.8. But you got to leave your comments in here. Username. Uh, underdog username, if you are new here and you want a hat because they're nice hats, we know ball hats, use promo code the show. We'll match your deposit up to $500. Go out there. We always got specials, NBA stuff on top of that. But in the comments, Gabe Davis, username on underdog and half PPR points for Gabe Davis. Yep. And we'll pick five. The five closest. You can go over. You can be under whatever it is. Closest to the, the five. Closest to the pen is how it gets done. All right, everyone. Shout out to producer Weaves. Up the bill. We'll talk to you all soon.